0: Hey, everyone. Um, It's the Discourse, and I probably shouldn't have taken a bite out of a sausage right before (laughs) I started talking. I don't know why I do that. Like, I don't have control over when to start recording, but I just did. But it's fun. It's a show where we apply critical theory to things that do not need critical theory applied to them. My name is Rose, and today I have with me Jane! Hello! That's Jane. Uh, Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hello, I'm Jane. My pronouns are she,
1: her, hers. I live on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish, um peoples as a settler.
0: And, yeah. Cool. And you, you do academia and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm still in school. So, not so much do academia, but compliant to the terms <laughs> of an undergraduate
0: degree. So, yes. Kind <laughs> of endure academia. Yeah, endure academia. Nico's here with us also. She's on my lap. But I don't think she's going to say anything. Okay. We could give her a chance to speak. Nico, do you have anything to say? Nope. She's a quiet girl. (laughs) Um, so what are we talking about today? Um, I
1: thought about talking about blogs that we've had when we were a teenager. Which I love,
0: because I had such a cringy blog. (laughs) And I understand that you also had a cringy blog, so let's talk about our cringy blogs. Okay. So, um, uh... I had a Zanga when I was... Okay, I think Zanga's a West Coast thing. Really? I think so. Zanga, is that the one that's kind of, like, the really popular one for scene kids? Maybe, I or... think... Yeah, I
1: think so. I had okay. a. I had a, like, low-key, semi-lukewarm scene blog that okay. was just Panic at the Disco. Open.
0: Yes! <laughs> Hell yes! Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because there's definitely, like certain social media things that were present on the west coast but not in Ontario. So when I moved out here everyone I'm pretty sure it was Zanga and everyone was like guys you remember Zanga and I was like no (laughs) we did not have that. I
1: also wonder what sort of regional or like other like time things are related to certain social, like, blogging platforms during that time, because everyone, a lot of people I know who are either a little bit older or a part of a different, or grew up in a, a, somewhere else, um, mm-hmm. had Asian Avenue, and as a person who had a lot of internalized racism growing up, mm-hmm. um, I probably, hello, hello, Nico, <laughs> Nico's hello. just
0: chilling on Jane's laptop, yeah, just straight chilling, yeah. that's cool, okay, Nico, the <laughs> sausage isn't for you, She's got her You're butt. are clicking on the app store. What do you want to buy? She wants to purchase angry birds so that she can <laughs> defeat those birds. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um. Yeah, everyone, like, or not everyone, but a lot of people I know had Asian Avenue, but I mm-hmm. never had it. I just had Zanga and lots, everyone in my high school were Asian anyway, so what's it's like. Um, what's Asian Avenue? I feel like it was just like a blogging platform just for Asians. Oh, and I I don't know if, like. Yeah, it'd be interesting if I didn't know about it and, like, how I would have reacted mm-hmm. as a
0: 12-year-old. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna try giving her a little piece of sausage. <laughs> this episode is like about it. feeding a It's cats. actually about Nico. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, I think the first, my first intro to, like, blogging platforms at all, was Pixo. Ooh, what could, that? It was, like, this website where you could kind of build your own websites, and it was, like, whatever, at pixo.com. Mm. Really basic templates. Um, it was really easy to make, like, a ton of websites, so that's basically all my friends and I would do. Like, we would just make a dumb Pixo website. <laughs> and I think at one point we did, like, Pixo for, like, who's cute in class or whatever. <laughs> or, like, we would, like spread rumors through Pixar. Oh my gosh, that's
1: amazing. Um,
0: that would have been when we were, like, 12 or so. I eventually moved on to (laughs) LiveJournal, as, like, any anime-loving, like, 14-year-old in 2008 would have. Um, and I had a dumb, like, Lolita wannabe fashion (laughs) bag. Oh no! Like, I didn't really, I had no access to owning any kind of Lolita fashion whatsoever, but I was very, like, into the Lolita blogging world of journals. so I would, like, read everybody else's blogs, and my blogs were more about just, like, cute fashion and stuff. And I remember the only post I ever remember posting about was, like, one time... I made a post. I was also like, I'd go to hardcore shows because that's what you do when you're 14 in a small town. <laughs> um, and I would like mosh pits and stuff. So I made a post about like, what to wear to a concert if you still want to look cute. And I would like, I was like, here's what you should wear if you're going to be in mosh pits. Here's what you should wear if you're just going to kind of stand to the side and stuff. Oh my gosh. And then some other blogger ripped me off.
1: <gasps> oh my god. I know, she
0: totally <laughs> fucking copied me. She put out a blog that was. Like, a blog post that was basically the exact same, like, a week later, that was just her take on it. And I was like, man, fuck you. It's real. I was 14. <laughs> like,
1: That on. is real. She was definitely,
0: like, an adult woman, too. Oh, my god! Like, she definitely talked about having a husband. So that was weird. That is really weird. She's knocking off some 14-year-olds. That is something else. That was something else. So what did what were your blogging worlds all about?
1: Um. So I had, well, my parents didn't really let me get, like, <clears throat> sort of freely use the internet on my own because they were programmers and knew all about the dangers of the internet. So they weren't just, like, ignorant parents who knew about, who, like, had heard about the dangers. They actually knew <laughs> the dangers. They actually know like... They oh, actually no. know. So like I obviously was just like really obstinate and was just like, What is this? I no, I don't live." <laughs> and like it's not until like now when I've like finally sort of know about NSA and everything, mm-hmm. like all of the dangers, watched the um uh documentary about Amanda Todd, all of those mm-hmm. heavy shit that I'm like, Uh <laughs> they're kinda right. I mean like have gotten another way of educating me about it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's real. So I didn't get um, a hotmail, a, a sort of email, like um, until later, and then I got MSN, and my MSN. world, my world opened up. Oh my god! A, and every every kid in my elementary school had Zanga, so I made Zanga, mm-hmm. and my whole thing with the internet was that I was going to be a gossip girl because. I I before the show came out, I read the books because I read all the books, and like I also read tabloids and like sort of like sort of everything that's on the news and like mm-hmm. like um, not the heavy stuff but the celebrity gossip shit. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to be like, I'm going to adopt this persona. This is really great. Because I also read Lemony Snicket. Oh, And nice. because Lemony Snicket has this, I am a character who's part of the story. Ah. Um, Gossip Girl is this character who's part of the story. So I took that on. I, my my Hotmail was Gossip Girl at Hotmail.com.
0: Holy <laughs> shit. That is so good. Was it like Gossip Girl with underscores? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because it would have been amazing if you had, like... Coined the original gossip girl email. And yeah, you that under your belt. Yeah,
1: I, I added some letters to it, but Holy like shit. eventually it got hacked. Like a lot of hotmails, right? Got hacked. Oh man. Yeah, so like I I wish I had like archives in my chats oh, from that back then, but amazing. I don't. But I also think it would have been a bit traumatic.
0: <laughs> yeah, who wants to revisit? Honestly, I don't know why, but I have all my chat logs from my MSN. Logged on my external hard drive, like they've just all saved, and I was like, I guess I'll take, I'll keep these. But I feel like it's gonna be weird to look back on all of this Mm. because that was like my my formative years. Yeah, and I was definitely hanging out with shitty people, and it would be like so weird to look at any of that stuff again. Like uh, that was, it would just be strange because I think like grade ten for me was when MSN kind of died out. So I definitely had it from the time Mm. I was like in grade seven to grade ten. So that's like a three year span of, it might have even been before that actually. I don't know. Anyway, that's like my, my early, early teen years when I was shitty and everyone I hung out with was shitty. And I don't think I want to revisit that whatsoever. Like, yay, <laughs> yay! What was the deal?
1: I don't know. S- speaking of um revisiting. So I recently um went back and opened up my Zanga account because they oh, actually good. have archives. <gasps> they have archived our shit from oh my back God. then. So I have it all saved and it's in this weird format where it's really hard to read because all of the HTML is still there oh, weird. embedded. And so the other day I actually read this out loud to myself and I was just like, oh my God, I have the real receipts from when I was a piece of shit and I have the real receipts when everyone else was a piece Holy of shit, shit and hurling homophobic ableist and. Uh, other slurs at
0: me. Oh my god. Okay, so what was, like, the hot gossip around town? Like, around your school or whatever? Like, what were you tapping into?
1: I was tapping into who people were dating.
0: Okay. Like, sort of who people
1: liked. And sort of just, I, I, because I was not very, I didn't have a lot of friends and, um, I wasn't very good at socializing. Right. Um, I was really aware of the class... And not really racialized because, like, there were a lot of Asians, there were a Mm. lot of Chinese people in my school, so it wasn't necessarily racialized. Um, Though all of the popular kids had friends who are white girls. But anyway, that's that's you know a <laughs> coincidence. Um and so I was just like okay I'm gonna talk about all of the people with social capital in my class. I'm gonna talk about all of these people with who are desirable in my class, even though we we're fucking 12 year olds. Oh
0: my god, you were like on it. <laughs> I was on I'm it. Just gonna take a quick minute to let me go out. She's looking <laughs> at the door like human. <laughs> <laughs> let me
1: out. Let hey. me out. Out
0: you
1: go. Rizanga is going to be so embarrassing, I don't want to hear what Nico says. <laughs> That's
0: too much. So you were kind of, like, tapping in on who was, like, the popular kids and, like, spilling their gossip? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, I, I, th- they weren't very nice to me, and that was okay. one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. And I was just, it was, it was, it was, like, no, almost no one was spared, mm-hmm. like, um, okay, so like basically you had the tea on everyone and you were just spilling it. Like yeah, it was more or, bad. or less. It bad. was bad because it was public and they could all see it and
0: they <laughs> Like how quickly did they figure out that it was you? Like, was it very quickly, or did it take a while? I think I made it clear that it was me. Okay, so I you were just like... I wanted people to know. You, you were just like, hey, <laughs> it's Gossip Girl here. Just kidding, it's Jane. Um, <laughs> this is everyone's business that I now know. How did you find out everything about it? Like, did you... Were you just speculating, or were you like...
1: I was speculating, like, TMZ. Basically.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> I was just like... So were you just, like, making... The, I'm assuming based on, like, if you were in grade seven or so, that most of it was just wondering, like, who had gotten fingered yet and stuff like that. You know what? I was so innocent back then. Okay. I never even thought about it. Oh my god. Okay, so it wasn't even, like, at that level. It was just, like, who held hands or, like, who's dating or likes each other stuff like that. I think it was just me trying to tap into who liked who based okay. on like I didn't give any
1: details. It was just kind of like like, oh, these two people weren't here in class today. I wonder where they were. And it's just like really ra- like talking about people as if they were celebrities, right? Mimicking like oh my God, celebrity that's culture. amazing. Like, yeah. You
0: were really like trying for it. I like, was.
1: Where and, could they be? And I got I was, the backlash was real. Oh my god, so like, immediate
0: <laughs> bullying then. Yeah, basically. Wow, I did, but like, after you got bullied, did people, did you keep going? I kind of did, I was so <laughs> angry, I was just like,
1: okay, one thing is that, one thing to know about me back then was, I tried to type in a different way. Right. Like, I tried to, like, talk in this really sort of, like, almost, like, babyish net speak thing that really was really fine. hard to read, and it made me, like... I'm like, I have to be really distinctive, I have to be really impenetrable, I have to be, like, a a, a persona. And so they can't hurt me if I'm just a persona, right?
0: Oh my god. No, I love that you went to the effort to, like, coin this persona and, like, really hone in on it, but you still let people know it was you. Yeah. Which is, like, the opposite of what a persona is. Like, an online persona. Oh my god. Yeah, I think it was one of the ways that I cope with... Life
1: back then, like okay. this one post is hilarious. It can I read it out? <clears laughs> it's from January, yes,
0: definitely 19,
1: 2005. Okay. No matter what the fuck people say, I will never, ever, 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 <laughs> and it goes on for several lines. Ever, oh my ever, 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 ever. ever, give up my career. Of this rumor-spreading stuff, I am always, I I am always not something innocent. Oh Lol. my god.
0: <laughs> it's like Britney Spears, I'm not that innocent. So you were like, I am unapologetic about spreading gossip. <laughs> yeah. But it's so strange because it's almost like you didn't have any social capital, so any gossip you could have spread wouldn't have really, like, gone that far, Or really, it doesn't have the same impact as, like, a popular person spreading gossip. It was almost like you were trying to insert yourself into their world. Exactly, That's so interesting.
1: It was so interesting. And, like, yeah, like, one line it says, so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so. How sad is that? So-and-so doesn't like so-and-so. How terrible is that? And -and so-and-so still likes so-and-so. And And all of these so-and-sos is, like, this guy doesn't like this girl, oh this guy God. doesn't like this girl, and this this guy likes this girl, and it's wow. just, like, that gender dynamics that I never really, like, understood p- uh, understood back then, but I picked up on intuitively oh because God. it was happening. Okay, <laughs> I feel
0: like there's part of the queer experience where being a young person in school, like, in grade school, you are this weird outside spectator to the relationship dynamics of, like of everyone, all your peers are, like, growing into their sexual identities Mm -hmm. or whatever, and, like, maturing and being interested in each other, and you're just this weird outsider. Exactly. Who's watching it all, and you want to participate in this weird level because everybody else is, but you also don't because it's not appealing. Like, yeah, I, (laughs) when I was in grade 8, I had this, like, very close girl best friend that, like, she was always, like, kind of, she's... She really, she sort of played up the, like, bi-curious thing, as we all did in 2007. Um, And I was just like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'll make out with a girl for attention or whatever, when secretly I just wanted to make out with girls. (laughs) But, like, she was always interested in boys and, like, pursuing boys and, like, talking about boys, and I just sort of felt like I had to be a part of that, when there was, like, this weird homo romantic thing going on with me and all of my like female friends in class (laughs) I had no interest in any of the guys it was weird and yeah like this super strange dynamic but I was also observing it and like cognizant of what was going on but had no desire to actively participate other than to feel validated through being able to participate so it's like they like each other I think someone likes me. I definitely like this person. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she was the first girl I ever made out with and it was definitely like during a game of truth or dare. Pretty cool (laughs) stuff being in grade eight.
1: Oh god. Thanks, Katy Perry. yeah I mean, I think that it's interesting for me to talk about this now because I grew up in Richmond, mm-hmm. and it's they still don't have like a solid LGBTQ like, right. policy and the, the the youth who are doing it are facing a lot of um, backlash from both the politicians and these parents who pretend to care. And so right. it's like all of the sort of internalized or externalized homophobia and transphobia that that was present in my school they they're there for a reason, yeah. <laughs> It hasn't been addressed.
0: Oh, man. Um, I sort of feel like our generation was one of the last generations to grow up with homophobia being a cultural norm in the West, as well specifically in, like, left-leaning, fairly liberal places. Mm. Like, when I entered high school, it was a big deal. Somebody wanted to start a GSA, the Gay-Straight Alliance. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Um, and there was so much backlash against it because it seemed like incomprehensible that there would ever be any kind of like queer allyship or anything within a school because it's inappropriate for young people, right? Mm. But by the time I was graduating and like even now I look back on it or I talk to younger people who are still in high school about what it's like and there's so much more openness about queer identity. Mm. Even if there is still homophobia present, it's it's like we were the last generation that got to grow up in school where it was expected that homophobia was going to be a part of your life if you were queer. I don't know but again like speaking as someone who went to a fairly like liberal school in a fairly liberal town or Mm -hmm. whatever so I don't know.
1: Yeah I mean I think it's it's interesting where I grew up because it it was very wealthy it was Mm -hmm. very people didn't really um the sort of conversations about social issues were not really that present because everyone wanted to get good grades, wanted to do well in sports. We had one of the top, like, badminton teams. Um, And so there was just one white guy talking at, well, it's, like, like, he was just basically telling everyone why it's not okay to use the F slur, mm-hmm. um, but then, like, he's a white guy t- talking to a whole bunch of Asian folks, so it's, like, mm. like, a whole big school of Asian folks, so, like, there is no sort of culturally specific leader, like, queer leadership. Right. That would have really, um, made a difference in that right. school, because it's, like, <laughs> like we literally like have
0: like nothing in common why should i listen to you saying yeah. um i do feel like the main reason why my <coughs> you, uh, my uh high school was the first high school in the whole city and county areas to be able to start a GSA is because we were like a performing arts school with a predominantly white student body like i my grade school uh where there was, like, a predominantly Asian student body. I think I was one of maybe three white kids in my class. Um, so definitely, like, and then to enter high school and have that be completely switched where the majority of the students were white and also, like, involved in the arts and had different priorities. I think it was the right environment for this sort of thing to happen and to change. Um, and then it, it kind of caught on to the other schools in the area I guess but yeah I do think like mainly the reason why that was allowed to fly like you weren't really pushing up against uh larger diasporic cultural issues around surrounding homophobia yeah yeah, yeah. it was just like hey we've got this western context for homophobia and we're mm-hmm. gonna fight back against it yeah yeah and I think
1: that's like, such a challenge, because a lot of the sort of queer and trans leaders in, mm-hmm. in the lower mainland and elsewhere are white, mm-hmm. and how are they going to really speak to everyone who, everyone yeah. who needs, you know, like, it's not just Asians, but, like, all of, all people of color and indigenous right. people, like, they have to be able to um, tap into that, and it's yeah. just really unfortunate, because... Sometimes people expect me to be able to speak on behalf of the conservative Chinese folks and I'm like, no, they have nothing to do with me. Yeah. I yeah, I'm a queer Chinese person and they make my li- life a piece of shit. So right.
0: but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even I think understanding cultural because I think also the like Western, especially the white Western way is to assume that People in every other culture have the exact same relationship to mm-hmm. gender and sexual identity. Yeah, exactly. But all, but they just hate it in like a different way than us. And like we're all so much more progressive. But I it was kind of a interesting like like I've I've, I've dated a Japanese girl when I was in first year, and that was my first major relationship. Mm-hmm. And understanding homophobia in that context, and also the dynamics of our relationship in that context, are completely mm-hmm. different. I, I don't know, like, but yeah, I think the problem is, like, with having a predominantly, like, white leadership in, like, the queer mm-hmm. community, especially in the Lower Mainland, is that it's just, like, homophobia is gonna look exactly like how it looks for us, or how we perceive it to look for everyone. Exactly, it, exactly, and so that's,
1: yeah, it's it's a hard thing to, to navigate, mm-hmm. and especially when you have, like, sort of mainstream queer politics, and mm-hmm. you're sort of like, okay, I support this, but also this is not enough,
0: Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's yeah, everything's bad. Is yeah, the main takeaway always.
1: Speaking of everything is bad, mm-hmm. can I read out um a article that I found the other day? Yes, definitely. <clears throat> it's about live journal, mm-hmm. and so I guess we could talk about live journal after this. Live
0: journal was wild. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Jeez. laughs> so actually, it's just so coincidental because the other day I looked at my zanga and read all of my. <sighs> <laughs> you say. My gossip girl persona stuff. And yeah. then I found my live journal. And I found out that I pretended to come out as bi.
0: Interesting. I
1: pretended to come out as bi on live journal because I was playing some other personas and I was experimenting with other characters. Oh. And so I pretend like sort of like in the sort of first person pronoun way in the in the in the blog, I was like, I'm actually bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm like girls and guys. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and uh, I, I have not... Like, I did not realize that I did this until, like, the other day. That's so, so
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: Wow. Because the whole time I was just like, oh, I... I was totally just, I never even thought about myself as anything but straight. Right. But
0: then, like, your personas are allowed to be other things. Yeah, my personas are allowed to be other things. My personas are allowed to spread rumors about people. Right, but, like, you can't actually be. That was the main feeling I had as a young queer person who was deeply closeted and deeply, like, dealing with internalized homophobia was that like other people can be gay but not me like <laughs> yeah. it'll never be me that's not an option for me I couldn't possibly be gay that's not me this, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that we- was me for so
1: many yeah, years yeah it's yeah so yeah um okay so this is kind of sh- like real shitty stuff but so this article from boingboing.net mm-hmm. um <clears throat> where does it start where does it start so live. The title is Live Journals. Russian owners announce new anti LGBT policy. Fandom stages mass exodus. Oh wow! Yeah. So I think after this podcast, I'm gonna like delete. Yeah. My, <laughs> delete my live journal.
0: <laughs> That'll show them. Yeah. Um, live journal, you haven't updated in many years. I'm assuming. Yeah.
1: Um. Mitch Wagner writes, LiveJournal is a venerable online community that predates Facebook and even blogging. It got acquired by a Russian company a few years ago, but some of its American and British users hung on, including sci-fi and fantasy writers and fans. Lately, I know one of my friends was scrambling to leave, but I've been too busy to look into why. Now I know. LiveJournal changed its terms of service to require obeying Russian law, which requires protecting so-called protecting minors from discussing so-called sexual deviancy, LGBTQ issues, this is evil, I agree with many political pundits that it's better to coexist with Russia than to go to, go to war, blah, 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 but this is evil,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just found out this the other day, a few days after I realized I pretended to come out as bi on live LiveJournal, so, Interesting. so I'm just like, what is the, what is going
0: on in the world, hmm, weird, um, it's so funny. Okay, so a couple of the people I really looked up to in the Lolita Live Journal community have recently come out as queer. Like, I still sort of follow them on other. Most people kind of move from Live Journal to Tumblr or YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Um, but a couple of them have come out recently. And it's so strange to me how, like, back then, that wouldn't have been a thing you really would have done, because you wouldn't have had a place in the community to do so, Yeah. but now, like, it's weird to have seen these people sort of move on and come out and stuff, but yeah, that's, like, actually a huge shame that people who, because I know that some of these people who have moved on from live journals still have these journals mm-hmm. available, and it's like, are they going to move over and change that? Because that's, like, their, that was where they kind of made their identities initially yeah, online. Exactly. I don't know. Oh yeah yeah life journal. Yeah. <laughs> crazy crazy
1: stuff these days. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think I think with the sort of well, one thing that I find really fascinating about like just looking back and thinking about our earlier selves is mm-hmm. that we're one of the first or one of the first many generations that will be able to have our childhoods or our teenage years sort of documented right. online. It's not, it's not like in our journals where our moms could spy on it, our moms could spy on them from their computers, yeah. basically. Um, and so like being, like moving forward as a generation mm-hmm. and as people, like talking about ourselves mm-hmm. as online identities and yeah, just having all of these archives because like I had no idea like that I could actually find the archives of my zanka and find out all the, find Mm. all the receipts for my bullying.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely kept a daily journal up until I got a Tumblr. So up until grade 11 for me, but I wonder what it's going to do for people who are coming up in a world where your online presence stays with you. Mm -hmm. Because for us, it's like our first interactions with the internet, things were always changing every couple mm-hmm. of years. Like, MySpace died. Um, I was really into Gaia Online for many years, and that's gone. I can't even access that account anymore, mm-hmm. so It's not a thing I can really look <laughs> back on. Yeah. I don't look at my old DeviantArt ever. I don't look at my Live Journal. All that first decade of my presence online is gone. But, like, Facebook is holding on, mm-hmm. and it presumably will hold on forever, and that's now a part of our, the way we interact with the internet. And, like... Yeah. Tumblr seems, Tumblr just reached its, like, decade anniversary, so that's, Mm. even though it's shit, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So what's it going to be like for very young children who start using these social media platforms when they're 12, and then what's it, or, like, even younger, like, nine? What, what are, what's it gonna be like for them to be able to look back on that history of their world, and also, like, build your identity on a platform where you're, coming to terms with yourself, but also dealing with an audience. Exactly. And, like, having that self-reflected back to you via, like, online validation. Like, what's that gonna do for the next generation?
1: Yeah, I think for me what it meant was that when I, um, went to... When I started university, I was like, you know what? I'm deleting my first Facebook. Mm. I had, like, 600 friends. I thought that was, like, a zillion friends too many (laughs) back then. Um, And I had so many, like, emo posts that should have been on Tumblr, but I didn't actually have a Tumblr then. I was one of those late comers to Tumblr. Mm -hmm. Like, I wrote all of these posts that should have been on Tumblr, but I wrote them on Facebook. (laughs) People <laughs> saw that shit. <laughs> so Yeah, people I know in real life saw that shit. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, bye first Facebook. I downloaded it, but um I think it's also probably gone now because like one of the computers that had it on, like was had that yeah. file. But it's it's yeah, it was just like being able to like at least there's a button to delete, but also right. like it just it's just kind of overwhelming to have to do that and start all over. Mm-hmm. And and everyone uses Facebook for so many like so many different reasons, mm-hmm. not just to keep in touch with friends, but for networking, for business reasons, Branding. for like for their for, for their
0: careers basically. Yeah. So how do you detach yourself from Yeah, no, it's like if I want to sell something online or promote a thing, the immediate platform I go to is Facebook because I have like several hundred friends by now. I don't Mm -hmm. even know how many friends I have at this point. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it, and I'm like, God, I have people from... that I went to summer camp with when I was 16, and people I... I don't know, like, went to high school with that I never want to talk to again, and then, like, all my university friends, and then there's, like, Vancouver people that I do want to keep in touch with, but also, I thought about, I'm planning on eventually moving to Toronto probably in October, and I was like, what if that's kind of my chance to rebrand, and, like, mm. build a new Facebook, and, like, have just Toronto people, or, like, some Vancouver people on that one, but have it, like, really limited, and, like, kind of, because I've been thinking about doing a name change for gender mm. reasons and stuff, and, like, To me, it seems like a good opportunity to kind of do that and pare down on things. Yeah. And get rid of some people who are like, I don't really want to interact with on the internet, but I feel like there's that social obligation to. Mm -hmm. Like, if you talk to them in real life, you have to talk to them online as well. Yeah, basically. Weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely creates a lot of claustrophobia for me, especially in like a small... Community like Vancouver because everyone knows everyone and it's through social media
0: and like. Yeah. Well, I've had this issue where my, like, getting into some heavier stuff, my abuser will delete her Facebook and then, like, remake it for a little bit and then delete it and then remake it. And then, like, I'll get recommended to be friends with her. So I can't block her Mm. because she keeps remaking it. But occasionally it's like, oh, right, yeah, you're there and you're friends with all of my friends again for like a month. And then you're gone again. So I can't, I don't know. Yeah, it's so insidious because these platforms are supposed
1: to be for community and supposed to be for friendship, but it mm-hmm. can be so, so easily abused. And there are all sorts of ways for, you know, yeah. <laughs> terrible
0: people to do that. So I, as an act of catharsis, I've started on following people I went to high school with on yes. Instagram. It's like, yes,
1: bye, <laughs> fuck you and your boring life. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I deleted my first Facebook Mm. was because I wanted to just cut ties from all these people and start Mm.
0: fresh, and they all reminded me of the past. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, It's just like, God, I have so much weird animosity towards people I went to high school with, and they don't (laughs) know I have that animosity. A lot of it was, like, fueled by, like, homophobia that they didn't know they were doing Mm -hmm. and also just like they were shitty to me in ways that i don't think they understood so recently i've just been like bye (laughs) like fuck you all exactly it feels good i highly recommend to listeners out there to just delete like unfollow people you went uh to high school with on instagram exactly unless you're one of those assholes who like stays friends with them Calling people out directly. I know people, yeah, I know people who are
1: still friends with the same people that they were friends with in high school. Oh my, like, yeah, I know people like that too. And it's so weird to me. Like, sorry, that sucks. <laughs> like, I have went through so many different, like, friend groups, like, mm-hmm. throughout my career at university, it's yeah. just, like, unbelievable to, yeah. to stay w- friends with the same people.
0: I've sort of settled into a friend group at the end of university, w- away from people I went to university with. I didn't, like very really mesh on any deep emotional level with people from my university mainly because like I was queer and they were all straight like that was a big thing looking back on it for why I didn't trust any of them or get to know any of them too well like there Mm -hmm. were definitely exceptions but yeah that was a thing but then like my best friend I met in university and we bonded hardcore over (laughs) being like some of the only queers in university Mm -hmm. and like having mutual mental breakdowns while we were like (laughs) Uh, the vice presidents of the QSA at Emily Carr last semester while people were on leaves and we were both like we can't deal with this (laughs) now we're best friends so I don't know like I yeah now I've kind of settled into a friend group like in the larger like Vancouver queer community and that's good and I like it (laughs) And I wouldn't want to, like, erase those people from my life, but, like, I feel very, like, indifferent (laughs) towards a lot of people I've been to school with throughout my whole life.
1: Yeah, and I think, like... One of the things that I really love about platforms like Tumblr or, um, other platforms that where you're sort of a little bit more anonymous, it's like, you don't know who these people are, but you like their content and it's yeah. like, it feels a little bit more like I get to relax a little bit. Yeah, like, I like to, uh, I get to, like, put off my mask for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just.
0: <laughs> I have stopped posting anything personal on Tumblr since I got a peach. <laughs> Which oh, yes, for, <laughs> Yeah, for those who don't know, Peach is a app where, I think it's only for iPhone users still, but basically it's like a little j- diary. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a feed, which mm-hmm. I like. It's mm-hmm. just like, you click on people to see what they've posted. And I really like that because I don't care about other people's content very much mm-hmm. all the time. It's like, oh, I don't really care what you've been up to, person I don't know. Um, it's like a great... Net, like, platform for venting, though. Yeah. So I've just done all my venting about personal problems there, and then all of my like fun cute aesthetic pictures on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Yay.
1: It, it's, it's just so interesting that we have so many different online selves mm-hmm. and that we we still want that really pr- like semi-private place to vent yeah. and be like a specific kind of self. Right. Private selves. But
0: this is like a, a mm-hmm. 21st century like millennial thing. It's mm-hmm. like I want to vent in a place where people can see. Mm-hmm. And I don't even necessarily want them to interact. I just feel like I need to tell someone these things so I'm telling this platform (laughs) but I don't expect a response I just need to feel validated and know that a person can see how I'm feeling yeah
1: definitely that's definitely
0: yeah like the read more yeah (laughs) totally totally because like there I totally will be that person who like just clicks that read more reads it and then like doesn't interact with it whatsoever yeah And I think people post those wanting that, Mm -hmm. specifically wanting that from people. Yeah. I don't know. It's a strange phenomenon.
1: Yeah, I think, like, people definitely write dissertations about this topic. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're definitely coming into a new age of how... The public and the private and the line between the two is getting more blurred than ever. <laughs> Haha. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah,
1: it's one of those things where like, there's lots of ways that this hasn't changed from the past, uh-huh. but there are so many ways that it's becoming. There, like, the people in power have new tools right. to use, um, like basically new tools of surveillance. Yeah, and so just thinking about live journal being, be, being bought by, like, this, rush like, Russia, basically, and yeah. having different policies, like, what are the implications of, like, the internet being semi-international, semi-international, yeah but, uh, like, sort of borders being not quite the same, but, but, but those borders still being real, like, yeah. those are all of those things that I think about. <laughs> yeah, <fuck.
0: laughs> I don't know. I think that throughout human history, humans just like writing down shit that's happened to them Mm -hmm. and writing down their feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's where the impulse to journal has come from. And to like write memoirs and biographies and autobiographies. Like we love writing this shit down. Now we just have a really like quick on the, in the moment way of doing that. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of write down how you're feeling, what's happened to you. Like in 140 characters several times a day, and it's not that much different than, like, people who have kept journals all mm-hmm. throughout history. It's just, mm-hmm. like, it's... But now anyone can look at that, which means that bad people can... It's less likely that a bad person was going to find your journal and read through it. Yeah. It's very likely that, like, a bad person could, like, read your your Twitter stream or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and especially with sort of, like, the,
1: the power of hacking and like and also like often a lot of us don't have very good security practices. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so it's like people can like probably find us if they want yeah. to. And that's really scary and it's like I I think that what this um what vulnerable marginalized community needs is probably like uh someone to teach us proper security etiquette or tools or just some some kind of defense mechanism against potential, you know, violence of that kind. Yeah.
0: And, like, there's definitely STEM queers out there who are capable of teaching those things. Maybe that's something we need to organize. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how to keep (laughs) yourself safe online 101. Yeah. What is a VPS, a virtual private network? VPN. That's it. (laughs) I only know about that because of, like, a job I had and stuff. But how to use, like secure chat rooms and stuff like that. Let's just all, all queers should move on to the deep web. Yeah. That's where we should do it. Totally. (laughs) I kind of want to check out the deep web one day. Like, I am curious because people have said that, like, obviously the assumption is that it's going to be a whole bunch of horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people have said that, like, there's actually some, like, Weird glimpses into just humanity on there, mm. and I'm like, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I I think that one of the challenges to like exploring these kinds of things is how sort of sometimes it's really inaccessible to learn all of the like. Cause I know I know lots of friends who grew up. Like being a twelve year old and learning how to program kind of yeah. thing, but I wasn't one of them because my parents were programmers and they tried to teach me and bore the heck out of me.
0: Okay, so they just taught you the boring way, <laughs> versus most people <laughs> learn by having a MySpace and wanting to customize their own yeah. page. Okay. Yeah. So
1: and so like one of the things is like how how do we make this complicated shit
0: more accessible to yeah. people and and. Share basically amongst oh, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more web literate, and mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. even setting up the uh, the streaming for this podcast was a nightmare <laughs> for me. Like, I will and like interact with the most accessible platforms for building websites and having an online presence, and be overwhelmed and like because it's not a thing I can touch. So I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I can understand how to build a thing if I can put my hands on it and be like, this goes here okay, but building a website, I'm like, I can't physically touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It worries me because, you
1: know, like, one of the reasons that I probably wouldn't like or wouldn't have really enjoyed myself in STEM fields is because of, like, all of the sort of misogyny and racism right. within those fields. So it's like, oh, it'd be so nice to have, like, a sort of, you know, like mar- like, community of STEM folks, knowledge, with knowledge, Mm -hmm. who have somehow
0: survived that world. Well, (laughs) that's actually funny because so many of my friends in Vancouver are STEM queers. Mm. Like, specifically STEM queers. A lot of my friends go to UBC to study, like, really complicated math shit and brain shit that I am like, okay, I don't know what that's all about. I think I'm the, it's me and maybe one other person. Oh no, I'm the only friend who, like, did an art thing. (laughs) And I have a couple of friends who are in the, like, social sciences, but everybody else is, like, a straight-up STEM queer. So I... They definitely talk about being, like, the only ones. Mm. But it's so important that, like, other perspectives exist within the STEM fields because those are the people... Like, the STEM fields are... all Have always sort of been, like, this dominating force. At least in the Western world. And, like, they shape so much of our world. And now Mm -hmm. with, like websites and shit being built and like online platforms being a part of where we go in the world we can't just trust that like white cishet dudes have our best interest at heart exactly and like if those are the majority of people who are in these spaces what
1: I yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, I wish that I knew I, I wish I learned on my own all of this stuff back yeah. then." Like I I definitely crafted my online persona and crafted <laughs> my online writing skills, and that yeah. was that's definitely helped me now, but it's like what if I also had that life as well?
0: Yeah, like <laughs> if I also understood how to build a website, I think mm-hmm. I'd be so much happier. That would really, really have come in handy many a time. Mm-hmm. still would come in handy. That's, God, that's something I need to learn how to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny if all of your STEM queer friends
1: were listening to this. And they they might. Just like, that'd be like... Hey, guys. They'd be like, okay, uh, I'll,
0: I'll come to your house at 4 a.m.
1: 4, 4, 4 p.m. and I'll teach you all of this. Yeah. Because...
0: <laughs> well, literally one of my best friends is a STEM queer who mm-hmm. does, like, programming. Mm-hmm. Like, computer web design and stuff. And I just... I will bug her and be like, I need a web thing done, and she helps me, and I'm like, thank you, useless art queer over here, can't do a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck, it's, but I'm, I'm also interested in, like, game design and things, and, like, online platform, like, Mm -hmm. video and stuff, and all these things that I think would be interesting for art reasons that I don't know how to get into Mm -hmm. because it's so inaccessible unless you've been like either doing it your whole life Mm -hmm. and have that foundation to rely on or have the time to teach yourself like javascript or something (laughs) yeah I don't have time for anything I can't
1: learn a thing like that yeah definitely it's it's yeah it's definitely interesting for me to go to like to be in high school and to to be exposed to all of these topics and then you you're, you're just like yearning to have a niche mm-hmm. and then you go to university and you finally have a niche and you're all happy but then you're like you know what the niche I... kind of sucks <laughs> the niche kind of sucks i need more yeah the niche demands more of you the world demands more of yeah
0: you. fuck i don't know um we're like as a human race i would say not no longer specialists Like, it's expected that if you're good at a thing, you need to be good at five other things as well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in order to be able to flourish. Like, you can't just be good at art anymore. You need to be good at, like, social media Mm -hmm. and networking and branding and building websites and having all these skills and stuff. Like, you can't just be a painter. You have to be a person who can brand yourself as a painter. And if you're a a writer, you also have to have, like, tons of other skills at your disposal. Yeah, So, like, humans aren't... We don't just specialize in shit anymore. So, yeah, you, you the niche is no longer applicable. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be good at just one thing. Yeah, it's so
1: hard. Um,
0: Like, especially
1: because when I was younger, I just kind of really prided myself in my writing. And I put so much, like, of my emotions in it. And and then I was like, later, I was like, oh, shit, I have to network. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be able to put up with all of these dude bros in the writing world. <sighs> In the poetry world. <laughs> That's another thing. <laughs>
0: and uh, I'm just like... Oh. <laughs> I've already spoken on this show about how when I am in shows, I fucking hate networking. Mm. Especially with cool people. I'm like, fuck, I don't oh, want to talk to you. Oh, I yeah. I don't want to brand myself. I don't want to, like, promote myself or anything. I just want to make dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>
1: it. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah. It's such a... It's such, like... Like, one thing, though, is, like, I noticed... I didn't even, like, try, but I started to power network at some point. I started to, maybe I see it as power networking because it was such a stark difference from what I was doing right. before, which was basically nothing. Like, I started to, like, do, like, get to know everyone. Right. At everyone on Facebook because it was so easy and it was just so hard to stop because I was just like, oh, if I don't do, do, do this, I won't have opportunities, but it's not like, I was even actively looking
0: for opportunities. It just became a thing for me to do. I think that's, like, a, this is a thing I have seen within the queer community, is it's very easy to get to know everyone, mm-hmm. because we're all, like, a degree of separation from each other. Yeah. And then you see those people who, like, have these online personas of, like, being that sort of, like, nucleus in the queer community, like, this person knows all these different Mm -hmm. types of people Mm -hmm. and sort of brings people together. Like you, Mm -hmm. if you're a UBC queer, you (laughs) could also have connections to Emily Carr queers through this weird thing. And like, I don't know. Like, I've seen that happen a lot. I had a weird thing where I went on a Tinder date with someone and we were joking about how small the community is. <laughs> and she was like, can I, can I like check your Facebook to see like how many people we have in common? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have data right now. So like we can't. And then she was like, okay. And then I added her on Facebook later. No mutual friends. None. <gasps> oh my gosh. None. It was fucked up. Wow. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. No, we're supposed to have 20 people in common at the bare minimum, like just, like, random people that neither of us really talk to but know each other, like, it was a weird, weird-ass moment to, I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's just, like, I think one of the illusions of that kind of networking system is that, like, Vancouver's small, but it's not that small. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just, like, it feels so small half the time, though, like, yeah. half the time, no matter what I'm doing mm-hmm. or who I meet, I'm like, oh, you've dated three of my ex'es. that's cool. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> like ah oh man, like it's always like one or two degrees of mm-hmm. separation away from somebody that you hate <laughs> like like I don't know hopefully yeah. like more often. yeah, but yeah. I don't know. and then it, it is very baffling when you meet a person who has no connections to you mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs)
1: That's that was what was kind of interesting about high school in comparison because. You had 30 people in your class. Yeah. You had your, your, everyone in your grade and you kind of only talk to people in your grade and the the grade above you. Right. And then you, you probably, unless you're really popular and go to all of these events, like you probably don't know that many people from other schools, but now everyone knows everyone because (laughs) the way
0: that universities are set up and the, the way that like, right. And you most likely have a world outside of your university, like a social world outside of that. I've very much seeked a world outside of university. So generally, like, you have connections to other parts of the city Mm -hmm. and different communities. Like, I'm not really a writer, but I have a lot of poetry friends now, Mm -hmm. because all my friends are poetry friends, (laughs) and that's just what you do. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I
1: don't know. Vancouver is strange and interesting, but I think it'd be interesting to hear about Like the kinds of differences that would be in Toronto for instance. Yeah,
0: I'm very interested to see what the queer world is going to look like in Toronto for me, and Mm -hmm. if it's going to feel any bigger than it does in Vancouver. I'm kind of expecting it to feel really big for about two to three years, and Mm. like, I'm constantly meeting new people, but then eventually it's going to be the same as Vancouver. The only difference is, within Vancouver, it took me like, maybe a year and a half before I knew everyone. I just think it's going to take me longer Mm. to sort of know everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, when I went to Toronto, it was massive.
1: Yeah. It was like,
0: it, it used to be six different... <laughs> they just kind of slammed a bunch of cities together and yeah. they're like, fight! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. I am excited to get kind of a, fr- a brush of fresh, bleh, fresh air, though, because mm-hmm. I'm very tired of like, it's almost laughable to be like, here's a new person, and then you tell someone about them, and they're like, here's everything about this person, before you even have a chance to get to know them. Mm. Like, I don't necessarily, it feels powerful, but I don't really like knowing everyone's business all the time. Mm -hmm. It feels very like, oh, okay, yeah, you can't, Nobody really gets, like, a fresh start mm-hmm. around here. And you could have issues with the person before you've even met them over some arbitrary shit that you were like, okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I think that that's what I would like about
0: Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. You yeah. only really have, like, four city options in Canada, so... Yeah, it's if- weird. <laughs> I'm gonna hate it if I hate Toronto. And I'm like, ah, I've already lived in two of the major cities
1: in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I-, I don't... I don't feel like I have that many options in Canada because, uh, or the world, but <laughs> but but one of the reasons is I would never
0: go to a small town, rural place with yeah. like very few Chinese people. I would just yeah. feel so unsafe. I would not feel safe living in a small town where there were very few trans and gender queer people. Mm-hmm. Like, that would never feel safe for me. Even going to my hometown feels, like, incredibly hostile to me now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> where are we safe? <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I, that's another thing about being queer, and especially, like, the f- more marginalized you become as a queer person, the more you rely on big cities as, mm-hmm. like, safe spaces where you have community present. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an option for any of us to really, like, move to Kelowna. Yeah. (laughs) Or just hang out there. Yeah. If you idealize the life of a small town, you're probably accessing a lot of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God, I saw some article that was, like, how to live in a big city and still accumulate wealth if you're living on minimum wage or something. And it was all bullshit. It was all just like, get rid of your car and bike everywhere. It doesn't matter if you live in a place where it's not bike friendly all the time. And like, just never go out. Never buy yourself new things. Never eat food, basically. Oh my goodness. And that's you know, your options, if you want to, and not even counting for the fact that, like, you have to live in a big city if you're a queer person, essentially, or, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: also one of those things where I, I, I've never grown up in a rural, like, I, like, my family comes from a rural background, but, like, I have never personally, we've urbanized, like, we've never, I've never lived in, like, a small rural community, so Uh it would be weird to just cope with that sort of spatial difference like, yeah used to all these condos and towers and yep everyone's these... bustling about basically yeah
0: like just used to having a bus line available no matter where you are like there is a bus stop within 10 blocks of you and that sort of stuff like I don't know I'm very grateful that I grew up in a fairly medium-sized city <laughs> I would have hated growing up in, like, the really rural parts of Ontario that some of my friends grew up in.
1: Yeah, and also, like, hearing about all of the, I guess, racialized violence that happens in rural oh, spaces sure. that don't happen in cities in the same way or to the same extent is, like oh my gosh. Okay, interior PC sounds terrifying. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, oh. at the same time, it, like, it sir. like, I guess it serves us people who grew up in city to, like, really listen to the stories of um, people of color, or people who grew up in, like, those spaces, yeah. because they are able to
0: access that kind of thing we pretend isn't there or most right. of the time
1: or like we have the privilege of not.
0: Yeah, we can just kind of like not look at it or whatever. I remember uh my best friend in high school went to a different uh high school from me. She went to a full French Catholic school out in the county and she's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to start a GSA at her school. Um And I think there were maybe three members, but at one point, like, there was so much homophobia being, like, spewed towards her that, like, she was walking down the hallway one time and, like, everybody was, like, yelling slurs at her and she just, like, had to get away from it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of thing that wouldn't have happened in my, like, central city upper-middle-class white performing arts school. Like, even if there was homophobia present, it didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is very important to listen to the stories of, like, people who have gone through those experiences and mm-hmm. take that shit into consideration.
1: Especially considering, like, <laughs> some of the groups that are cropping up in our city.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn, there's been some racist shit going on lately. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff happening in Vancouver. Yeah. God. Uh, (sighs) I
1: mean, the good thing is that um, we are talking about it and hopefully taking care of each other.
0: Yeah. all,
1: all of this happens.
0: That is something that I really do appreciate about the sort of small aspect of Vancouver is that you do feel like you have a community. Mm-hmm. I've really been feeling that lately, but you you look and like whenever a major thing happens, especially to specific groups, I feel like there's always posts of people being like do you need to talk? Mm-hmm. Or like what can I do to help you and like if somebody gets hurt in the community, I feel like everybody kind of looks out for each other and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's really great that, like, for example, counselors who otherwise would be, like, $126
1: an hour are when, like, a crisis happens, or they're like, hey, so-and-so, let's, let's like, these dates I'm free by donation. Right. So
0: it's, like, that kind of sharing is definitely what's yeah. needed right now. I'm glad that it's <sighs> happening. That's... I don't know. I... For as much, like, as I shit-talk Vancouver sometimes, because I'm just not a big fan of living here, I do really appreciate major aspects of the community and that it takes care of itself Mm -hmm. in these ways. And, like, I do feel like the community isn't just, like, a bunch of white queers who are only interested in themselves, even though that is present. Like, I see so much love and care within Mm -hmm. other aspects of the community Mm -hmm. and how they take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. too. Like, that's cool. I think that's, like, really awesome and important.
1: Yeah, and it definitely, it, it's, it's what's really needed and necessary to protect ourselves from all of the scary, horrible things happening from all of these different directions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um,
0: yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, let's see what we're at for time. Oh, we are at 58 minutes. Damn, right on the money. We've done it. Awesome. This, is, this is a very social media-fueled episode of the Discord. It's great. I love being meta. <laughs> yeah. It's social media. Oh, it's social media with new media thrown in. Um, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome um, to my listeners. I can't guarantee that I'm going to be back on a consistent basis yet. Like I said, probably after June is when I'm going to try to pick up a regular schedule again. And until then, it's just going to be... Uh, episodes once in a while when I can thank you for your patience and for listening um if you have any discourse to discourse with me please send your discourse to the discourse Facebook page um if you want to fight in the streets you could do that always (laughs) I'm just inviting people to do that now um I don't know what else to say to end this show um until next time uh stay discoursing and bye (laughs) Oh, have you never heard that? Oh my gosh, I've
1: never, like, listened to, like, all, like the entire Yeah, Yeah. your own. Oh it's God. a little
0: treat at the end. <laughs> oh, and I say so it good. every time. It's so good to score stink. Yes! <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, thank you. Oh. And goodbye.